Welcome to Kids Doc Talk with Dr. Jenny. Our guest today is Dr. Tamika Maxwell, talking about traveling with children. Dr. Maxwell is from Davie, Florida. She completed medical school at the Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine and her pediatric residency at Good Samaritan Hospital in West Islip, New York. She is board certified by the American Board of Pediatrics and is a member of the American Academy of Pediatrics, American Osteopathic Association, and the American Medical Association. Dr. Maxwell is currently the lead physician at Pediatric Associates Lauderdale Lakes office. Her interests include traveling and listening to music. Welcome, Dr. Maxwell. Welcome to Kids Doc Talk with Dr. Jenny. Dr. Jenny is a board-certified pediatrician and is the director of telemedicine at Pediatric Associates. Hi, Dr. Maxwell. Welcome. Thanks so much for joining us. Hi. Thank you for having me. Sure. So I'm excited to talk about traveling with kids. It's certainly the time to discuss it. And it's a question that comes up very frequently. Um, I think especially when people think about traveling now in the current climate um, with COVID, trying to figure out what's safe. So I'm excited to get some guidance for you. So just to start off, um, what are some challenges, some general challenges of traveling with young kids? So it can be challenging, but you want to try and make it fun as much as you can. You know, summer's coming up and it's really just a, a wonderful experience for kids to travel with us. Um, and there's always going to be challenges, COVID, pre-COVID, post-COVID. Um, but general challenges, I would say, is one, keeping them entertained, right? If you're on a long trip, whether it's a plane or a bus ride or car ride, keeping them entertained can definitely be a big challenge. And um, adhering to their schedule you know, we can't always fly right in between nap time or sometimes we're doing overnight naps or overnight uh, sleep time, flying over that time or, you know, maybe when we get to a certain destination, um, the activities that we're doing don't really lend to the, to the child's schedule. And so that can be a challenge as well if the child happens to get sick right before you travel and then or even get sick while you're traveling, that can always be a challenge as well. But there's ways to get around that and we can discuss that. Um, one of the things that I recommend is, I kind of like the phrase is before you go, get in the know, right? So where are you traveling? For how long are you gonna be there? What are you gonna be doing while you're there? Um, and how old are your children? Cause it's really gonna be based on their age is gonna really change the guidance. And so if you kind of look at those factors, it kind of helps you to prep and plan ahead of time. And you do want to have some preparation before going into a trip, regardless of how long or short it is. Um, and so for your shorter trips, you know, it's going to be a little bit easier, um, easier to stick with their schedules, their routines, whereas the longer trips, whether it's the actual travel that's long or you're staying in your destination for a long time, then that kind of changed things. So you want to kind of get into the nitty gritty with that. What's the weather gonna be like? What are you gonna be doing while you're there? And then adjust accordingly. Um, you know, when we're traveling, I always like to make a little trip to the dollar store, pick up some cool toys. And it's always nice to have a brand new toy when you get on a plane or in a bus ride, get some activity books, some coloring books, some um, ride and erase so that it's nothing that can 
um, cause any trouble, you know, traveling with a bunch of markers and crayons. You want to just make it light and easy and fun, things that you can put in the child's carry-on. Um, and those things will really help to um, distract the child, engage the child while you're traveling, and that can help um, with some of the challenges of whininess or missing a nap time or, you know, just off the normal schedule. So it sounds like we really need to expect kids to have a little bit of flexibility and for parents to have a little bit of flexibility when traveling with young kids, um, <clears throat> since it'll sort of throw off things on the schedule. So in general, how strict do you recommend parents um, continue to stick to their child's um, designated like sleeping schedule, napping schedule, because I find that sometimes parents will try to make um, travel arrangements like around those times if let's say, you know, booking a later flight so the kids can sleep on the flight. Is that really necessary? Do you find that, that that's helpful? Or are you sort of of the thought that once you're traveling, kind of you know, throw the schedule out the window and just go with the flow? Mm -hmm. So first with travel, expect the unexpected for sure. There will always be something that happens that we don't expect, whether we get delayed in a flight or, uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier, somebody gets sick or the destination that you're traveling to, something changes, the weather changes. So definitely expect the unexpected. Second, I think you need to evaluate yourself and your child. You know your child best. Um, and so you know whether they're a pretty regimented a child um, or whether they do well with change as well as yourself. Some of us may be more regimented than others. So you have to really do what's gonna be best for your well-being and your child's well-being. And usually once they're situated, then we feel our, our calm and our mama and dad hearts. And so take a look at that. And I wouldn't say necessarily throw the schedule out the window. For the older kids, you can definitely flex a little bit more. But for our babies and toddlers, you do wanna to stick to a routine. It doesn't have to be strict to the letter to the exact minute, but you do wanna have a guide because that's gonna tell you when they're hungry, when they're tired, you know, if they start acting up, hmm, what time is it? Oh, okay, it's snack time or oh, okay, it's nap time. And it kind of gives you a window into what they're feeling where those little ones may not be able to express it to you. So it doesn't have to be to the letter, be a little flexible with it, but do kind of, you know, stick to a general routine and a general structure. So when traveling to different time zones or even international travel, where you may be having long travel uh, on planes or buses, if it's here in the country, you know, jet lag can be an issue and that can be even hard for us as adults. And so, you know, if you're able to manipulate the times that you're traveling, it's great to do an overnight flight so that the child and you can actually sleep. And then when you arrive, you're actually refreshed and ready to go if possible, not always possible, but really important that you get some physical activity once you do reach that destination, especially outside physical activity. That nice bright sunlight is gonna to help to regulate the brain to your wake cycle, wake cycle and sleep cycle, gonna to help to get that sleep back on order. And it always helps to exercise and, and really get some cardiovascular uh, movement so that it helps to regulate the body of when it's time to eat, when it's time to nap. And it always helps with mood too, right? Cause it helps to boost our natural hormones that help us feel happy and regulated. So make sure that you do work in some exercise time, some outside time, maybe some walks, um, as a family, even to explore new areas is always fun when you're traveling, um, just to help ease that jet lag a bit. 
I think another patient population that um, will be uniquely challenging to travel with is um, like our neurodiverse kids, right? So kids on the autism spectrum or your ADHD, um, I, right? We, for sure, those kids absolutely love routine and thrive on routine. And any change in their routine, right, can, can be sometimes catastrophic uh, for them and for the family. So I, I love all of all of those tips of right keeping keeping at least one watch like on the home time and sort of prepping and um, trying to accommodate the, the child sleeping and napping schedule. Mm -hmm. um, so let's talk about screen time because I think that's a lot of parents, or even for me, like as a parent, that's definitely my go-to for like travel and longer travel. Um, but then as the pediatrician brain, um, the part of my brain goes, mm, maybe this isn't like a great solution. So what are some, you mentioned a few, but I wanna explore this a little more. Like what are some alternatives to screen time for, for longer travel? Yeah, I mean, screens work wonders, um, but to detriment at times. And so I think it's okay to have as kind of your um, tool in the box, but not the first thing that you go to. Um, you know, you may have delays on, on in travel and, it, and it's hard to keep them entertained for such long periods of time. But I think starting out with things that are going to engage them, what is your child naturally interested in? You know, again, you want to pack that little um, carry-on bag with with little games and little gadgets. And often it doesn't take much, little things that light up. And again, dollar store Walmart is your best friend. You know, they have all sorts of little watches and little um, drawing pads and sticker books and um, different activity books that you can engage with the child. I think as much as you engage with them, the more you're gonna keep their attention. And it's also a great way for you to spend time with them. Um, you know, you can have conversation as well about what to expect on this trip. What are we going to be doing? What are activities? Who are we going to be seeing? You know, and that can take up quite a bit of time as well and be a great distraction, but also an important way to, to bond and spend time and prepare your child for the trip. Um, and so I think finding those ways before we go to the media and use that kind of as your last resort. And then, you know, again, we wanna be flexible with travel. Even if you're not big on the media at home, it's okay. Cause you know, these are short windows. These are limited times to express to them. This is not gonna be every time. This is not the routine, but you know, we're gonna try something a little different. And again, try to do as, as, um, as many uh, media activities that are engaging. If it's something that they can even learn from. And that way you kind of hit a double whammy, even though they're actually on the screen time. And then usually things kind of smooth out and you had that ability to really bond with your child, then it, it allows for a calmer trip and a more enjoyable trip. I love that. I love that 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 hack of doing something like educational. I feel, feel a little bit better about um, maybe some, some extended screen time. Let's switch gears a little bit and, and talk about COVID and, and travel during COVID because I still get a lot of these questions and uh, I don't I don't necessarily know that I'm giving the right answer but I think the answer is probably different for every family. Mm -hmm. What are your current like what are your what are your thoughts or what's your current recommendation for families um, who are going to be traveling with uh, kids who may not necessarily be vaccinated against COVID given the, the current numbers in the community? Mm -hmm. So you know COVID is, is still around. It's gotten you know to a much more sustainable state. And yes, the numbers aren't what they were a year ago if we were trying to travel last summer or last fall, but still you know, a threat um, to our children and to us as adults and to elderly, you know, especially if we're traveling to see grandparents that we may not have been uh, able to see in a long time or aunts and uncles. And so uh, it's important that we still protect ourselves. So a few things are still going to be most important with COVID, regardless if you're traveling or still at home, 
is going to be vaccination for all of those that are of age to vaccinate, proper mask wearing, and hand washing, right? So we want to make sure that we stick to those rules regardless, um, and it's still evident and still applies to right now and to this summer, um, even though things have improved and depending on where you live, um, restrictions may have been relaxed a bit. Um, we are starting to see some upticks in COVID as people travel and people relax in their masks. And so we still do recommend that to and over that we try to mask for as long as possible. You know, we totally understand that with two and three year olds and even some older kids or developmentally challenged kids that they can't really wear their masks for long periods of time. But you want to set that as your precedent and your goal. And so, you know, you want to try and wear those masks with the children for as long as possible. And then you give them breaks when they need to. Um, but you want to kind of set it as a rule instead of the exception because it still is the best way to protect ourselves, especially those that are under five and not yet vaccinated. For you yourself, you can get boosted up so you can make sure that you protect yourself and others that you may be visiting. Um, and remember, if we're going to visit uh, friends and family, we're gonna be staying with friends and family, then we have a lot more close contact with them. And so we wanna make sure that we're not only protecting ourselves, but protecting them from us as we are coming off of a plane and being exposed to others. So we don't necessarily have to mask in that home environment, but you do want to protect yourself before and after so that everybody can enjoy themselves and, and have a good good time on traveling. So it sounds like you do recommend that kids continue to mask on on um, planes and right any any basically any kind of any kind of public transportation, right? Yes. And even if you're going to do certain activities, you know, Disney World and these things where there's large volumes of people moving in and out, um, it, I still think it's important to protect yourself. Uh, because you want to, again, have an enjoyable trip. And even though kids, generally speaking, do well if they get infected with COVID, maybe not so much mom and dad, maybe not so much auntie, uncle, and grandparents. So we do want to do due diligence and protect those around us. But who wants a sick kid when they're traveling, right? Sure. So it's, just, sure. it's much better to, to try and mask up and protect yourself as much as possible. I agree. I agree. Pretty, pretty simple. Um, pretty for the most part, right? An easy thing that we can do to absolutely protect our kids, even from getting a little bit sick. Um, uh, what about, let's talk about international travel, because whenever I hear about a family taking a child on an international trip, um, I'm always like in awe because I've never been able to do this with my kids. I'm like, it's so intimidating to me. So what, what do you kind of know about international travel? of the actual trip itself, as well as anything that, that we may not know about, right, requirements of a foreign country, vaccines, well, things like that. Yeah, so international travel has its own challenges, some separate challenges from, from just traveling within the U.S. And so I think preparation, again, is going to be number one. So you want to plan before you go. And so it's always a good idea to reach out to your pediatrician good four to six weeks before you're traveling. Um, depending on where you're going, again, it's going to be the when, where, and how old your, your children are, how long you're going to be staying is going to cater, um, uh, or we'll have to adjust our guidance. Uh, but that four to six weeks allows time if your child needs to catch up with vaccines. We want to make sure that they're up to date with all their routine vaccines. Some countries do require additional vaccines to enter the country, and so you don't want to get into any stickiness uh, trying to rush around and do that prior, so we can always recommend if there's a particular vaccine that's required to get into a country, you may need to visit a travel clinic to get that. Um, you also may need some preventative medication for certain countries, like for illnesses like malaria, and that has to be um, taken at a certain time frame prior to you traveling while you're there and then once you come back. And so it's important to really get that set before you go. 
Um, second piece would be making sure your documents are set, right? We always kind of forget to make sure, is my passport up to date? So I hear that a lot, that we're kind of in a, in a, in a little bit of a pickle there because we don't have up-to-date documents. So you wanna make sure that that's up-to-date, get a copy of your vaccination to travel with, and you will also wanna copy your passports. So you wanna leave it with your emergency contact at home and also travel with a copy, just in case your passport gets lost or stolen. They always wanna make sure that we can get back into the country, right? And then the third piece is thinking about, again, where are you traveling? How long are you staying there? So if you're gonna be visiting friends and family, it's a little bit different than if you're staying at a hotel or going on a cruise ship, guidance is slightly different. When you're at home, um, with another family, you may be exposed to more illnesses that way because you're in more close contact. You're exposed to neighborhoods, maybe animals, um, food that may not be prepared the same. So we want to remember that when we're traveling to other countries, they have different laws, different restrictions, and different food preparations. So it's always important that you make sure that you kind of go through those things. Um, never eating food that's not uh, fully cooked. You don't want to do any raw food while you're traveling. You want to be careful and not do any tap water. You want to do more bottled water. Watch out for the ice because that's the tricky part. That's usually through tap water. Um, you know, you, you can't possibly prepare your own food, but you do want to make sure that it's as safe as possible. Um, protecting yourself against any animal bites as animals in other countries may not be vaccinated the same as here. So kind of staying away from animals, having that conversation with your kids prior um, that we're not going to just go up and pet. And, and then health-wise, things like mosquitoes. If you're traveling with your insect repellent, you're traveling with your sunblock, um, regardless of where you're going just to help protect you. But again, certain countries may have illnesses that are transmitted through mosquitoes and you wanna protect yourself against that. Wow, so a lot to consider. So definitely sounds like preparation is key. Yeah. For those longer trips. Um, a really common question I get, and I'm sure you do as well, is what can I give my child, right? So like we're, as part of the preparation, I think sometimes parents are like, okay, it's gonna be a long flight. Ideally, they will sleep the whole time. What can I give them to accomplish that? What's your answer to that? Uh, nothing. I wouldn't <laughs> recommend giving any Benadryl or any other drugs. You know, it, it sounds like a good plan, but honestly, many medications, including Benadryl can have side effects um, and it can actually make the situation worse. So you can have dry mouth, dry nose, throat, um, constipation, tummy aches, even some dizziness, and not everybody reacts the same. Some people have what's called a paradoxical effect to the medication. So instead of sleeping nicely and calmly, they're more restless, they're jittery. So we actually don't recommend any medication when traveling. Again, get that magical bag of all sorts of cool snacks and activities. Do your best with the nap time and the bedtime. I always recommend bringing your lovey or your special blankie. A little stuffed toy um, is always good to make them feel at home, make them feel comfortable. Um, you know, one little trick that I learned as a mom is the little neck pillow that we use for ourselves. It actually works really good if you're breastfeeding. You just put it in the crutch of your arm and it gives you a nice little pillow there and cushion for the baby while you're breastfeeding or your small toddlers or kids. They can use it as a pillow and it's not something big and bulky um, just to give a little comfort there. Um, and so you want to try and bring as many little things as you can to make it feel like the comforts of home, but you wanna kind of hold off any kind of medication. That's usually my answer too. And sometimes I'll get some pushback from parents like, well, I've given Benadryl to them before. So I, I know that they're gonna react well and I know it makes them sleepy. What's the harm, right? And certainly we know that nothing is without risk. And I'm, I'm generally not a fan of giving medication unless it's actually needed. And I, I don't think this, this qualifies as a case, right? That's right. 
Um, okay, we covered a lot, a lot of really important pearls that, that you shared. Anything else, any like really critical things that you want to mention um, for families who are traveling this summer? Um, I think just really getting prepared ahead of time is really going to be key um, because that's the, the best way to make sure that we can kind of ward off as many of those unexpected, um, you know, issues that may occur. Um, and so planning ahead, reaching out to your pediatrician, um, you know, you can always reach out even while traveling, we're available. And, you know, if your child is sick while traveling or gets sick while there, there's many illnesses that can be prevented um, or even kind of curtailed if we kind of prep ahead of time. So don't forget that medical kit. Um, you know, you wanna make sure you have your Tylenol, your Motrin, your Band-Aids, anti-itch cream, um, your antibacterial cream, a little hydration uh, powder like the Pedialyte or Gatorade, just in case we have a little tummy upset or not drinking well, a little vomiting illness while traveling and just expect the unexpected. So you wanna try and be as flexible as possible while still kind of sticking to generally your routine and just really paying attention to the cues of your child. They're gonna let you know if something's off. And so use, use your intuition, even especially when traveling, be very aware as surroundings, especially internationally can be very different from ours. And I think if you kind of just stick to those uh, that you'll have a wonderful trip and continue to do it, you know, again and again. And it's such a wonderful gift to give to your kids that you want to make it as pleasurable of an experience as possible. So just remember before you go, get in the know. I love that. I love that. And I think that's a really important takeaway, right? Like, yes, it's good to kind of have all this in mind and prepare and like be conscious of the safety aspect, but ultimately it's actually a really important thing to travel with kids. They get a lot out of it. They're exposed to new places, new cultures, new well, new scenery um, and right, or new family members. And there's a lot of value to, to traveling. With kids. For sure. For sure. Okay. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. My pleasure. Make sure you like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you for joining us on Kids Talk Talk.